0: For the past three weeks, we have been wrestling with why the love of money is the root of all evil and the problems that it causes in our lives. Now, we've talked about how the love of money can make us ungrateful, how it can cause us to be overcome by debt, and even how the love of money can cause us to become tight-fisted and unwilling to help others. And I have to say, uh, kudos to all of you who have been listening, because These have been difficult conversations, and I've loved all of the feedback that I've received from many of you. And my hope, I I hope you know this, my hope has not been to change your mind or to make you think one way or another, but hopefully to offer a different perspective, uh, a new way of seeing how money can affect our lives, um, and so that we never allow it to control us or uh, tell us exactly how to live our lives, right? So kudos to you for, for joining us through this series. Well, this week as we're wrapping up our series, uh, we're gonna wrap it up by talking about how if we're not careful, the love of money can make us weary. And we're gonna talk about what that means. So you ready? Let's go. So today's topic, uh, becoming weary or tired, or uh, we can even use the word burnt out as we pursue money, is probably something that all of us can relate to in some way, shape, or form. In fact, earlier this year, Gallup conducted a study on the effects of burnout in the workforce. And through it, they found that twenty five percent of people who are currently in the workforce have experienced at least one of these symptoms of burnout. The first symptom is having a feeling of energy depletion, exhaustion, and fatigue. The, the second s- symptom is increased mental distance from their jobs, right? So So they're trying to create distance between uh, you know maybe their time at home and, and their time at work, right? Uh, the third symptom is feelings of negativism or cynicism related to work. And the fourth symptom is a reduction in professional efficacy. Right, now, now, let me ask you, can you imagine what these results give light to? I mean, j- just think about it, right? 25% of the workforce, that's one in every four of your coworkers have experienced at least one of these uh, symptoms in the past year. And my guess is that maybe even some of you listening to the sermon cast right now, currently are a part of that 25%. It's possible that you are one of those one in every four people. Now, look, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, At various times in the past year, I have been a part of that 25%. There have been days and seasons in the past year in which anytime anything unexpected would get added to my to-do list, uh, even if it was something small, I would be on the verge of breaking down because in my mind, I felt like I just couldn't handle anything else on my plate. There have been seasons and days in my life in in which I found myself spending as much time as I possibly could watching Netflix or reading books and trying to go out of town in hopes of creating some distance between me and my work, right? Hoping that that distance will give me some sort of a break. There have even been seasons and days in the past year in which I felt like everything was going wrong, like I wasn't an effective pastor, and any time my boss would text me, even if it was to tell me that I had done something good— the first thing that crossed my mind was that I was in trouble about something or that I had done something wrong, right? There have even been seasons and days in the past year where as much of a hard worker as I am, I wasn't really coming up with new ideas. I wasn't trying new things or being willing to try new things. I wasn't implementing new processes. I just felt stuck and unmotivated. And um, I'll be honest, my professional efficacy took a hit during those times. So let me ask you, what about you? Have you ever experienced any of these symptoms of burnout in your job or your place of work? Ha- have you ever been a part of that 25%, that one in every four per, uh, people in the workforce who have experienced this uh, these symptoms? So in the uh, in the Bible, there is a book called the Book of Proverbs, and, and it's literally just a collection of brief wisdom sayings that were said by biblical teachers and leaders, And the best way for me to describe uh, the book of Proverbs is that it's almost like the Bible's own Twitter account where there are tons of great one to two liners that are meant to give advice to to the reader for us uh, or even the listener. right? And, And you can find a proverb about just about anything. And, and every single time the, the Proverbs are trying to guide us, the readers, uh, to evaluate our lives through the lens of who God is and the values that, that the things that God values and the characteristics of God. Right. So one of these Proverbs, it comes from chapter 23, verse four, and it says this. Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be smart enough to stop. Now, the first time I read this verse, I had to stop and reread it to make sure that I had read it correctly, right? So listen to it again. Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be smart enough to stop. Maybe another way of understanding this text would be by saying, don't allow yourself to feel depleted and exhausted or completely fatigued trying to get rich. Maybe another way to, to think about this verse is, don't allow yourself to rely on distractions such as Netflix to create space between you and your office in hopes that you're going to get uh, some sort of break, right? They, they, uh, you'll be re-energized, right? Maybe another way to think of this is don't allow yourself to begin feeling feelings of negativity or cynicism, right? And in, in, uh, as we try to get rich, maybe another way to say it is don't allow yourself to get to a point where your efficacy at work is lessened uh, in your pursuits of trying to get rich. Maybe the perfect way to say this is don't burn yourself out trying to get rich. Now, before I make some of you mad, I want you to notice something here neither i nor this proverb are saying that you shouldn't try to get rich i think there's a lot of financial planners out there who would tell you to make as much money as you possibly can right so so i'm not saying that neither i nor this proverb uh, proverb are saying that that making money is bad or that doing the best you can in your line of work is bad if that's where you think i'm going with this i'm going to ask you to put that aside that that thought process aside And listen to this text one more time with with the sentence maybe rearranged a little bit. Because I think we can actually find comfort in what this proverb has to say. So listen to it like this. As you try to get rich, don't burn yourself out. Did you hear it? This proverb, in my opinion, is is simply trying to get us to avoid reaching burnout. Burnout right? But how? How are we supposed to avoid this thing that so many people, right, 25% of the workforce, one in every four of your coworkers have experienced in the past year? Well, I think if we keep reading the second half of this verse, it, it gives us the answer to how to avoid that. And, and it's, it's very simple. It says this, be smart enough to stop. Now, in other words, if you're starting to feel burnt out, be smart enough to stop. If you're feeling depleted, exhausted, or fatigued, be smart enough to stop. If, if you're finding yourself trying to create distance between the huge amounts of work that you have and, and, and maybe uh, yourself or your home or, or your hobbies, right? be smart enough to stop. If you've become full of negativism or cynicism related to your job, be smart enough to stop. If your efficacy has taken a huge hit, be smart enough to stop. Now, look, I'm not saying that you need to quit your job. And don't get me wrong. I understand that maybe for some of you, you've reached a point where that is the only solution you can think of because it's become too much, uh, too stressful, even too demanding. And I get that. There are situations where in which leaving is the best option. And if that's you, I want to affirm that. I just hope you pray about it as, as you get to that decision. At the same time, though, I don't want, uh, you know, to just quit, to walk away, to be your first choice, because I think that biblically there is a better option that in the midst of weariness and burnout can bring forth joy and life. So let's talk about what this better option is by looking at our scripture from Proverbs once again. It says, don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be smart enough to stop. Now look, for the longest time, I thought that maybe this proverb was telling us to stop working if we found ourselves getting worn out or burnt out trying to get rich. That that it was just telling us to stop pursuing our careers, our passions, our dreams. But as I have dived deeper, I I have come to see that maybe it's actually doing the exact opposite. So let me explain. When this proverb says to be smart enough to stop, the original audience, the Israelites, the audience that it was meant for, would have been very well versed in a practice known as Sabbath. Sabbath. Now, if you've never heard of the word Sabbath before, let's talk about it. In Exodus chapter 20, the, this, there's a section known as the Ten Commandments. And it, basically, God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. And in verse, uh, verses 8 through 10, God says this to Moses. Remember the Sabbath day and treat it as holy. Six days you may work and do all of your tasks, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Do not do any work on it. Not you, your sons or daughters, your male or female servants, your animals or the immigrant who is living with you. In other words, the Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments that the Israelites were commanded to follow, in which they had to have, just just hear it that way, they had to have a day of rest, in which they did no work. Author Caitlin Shees probably says it best when she says this. She says, Sabbath is about delighting in creation and resting in our dependence upon the creator. Uh, maybe another way of saying this is that, um, we, that um, we work the best that we can, right? We, we work as much as we can, as best as we can. We earn as much money as we can. But we have to make room at least one day for Sabbath. One day when we can just sit back and take in the beauty of God's creation and trust that even in our rest, God is still in control and things will be okay, right? A day in which we just delight in creation and rest in our dependence upon God, upon the creator. Now, for us, for Americans living in 2022, uh, the idea of Sabbath is kind of a hard concept to wrap our minds around, because practicing Sabbath is actually very countercultural. I mean, just think about the last time you had a full day when you had nothing to do, right? I mean, there's activities on Saturday, activities on Sundays, activities on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. If we're not careful, we're busy every single day. But for the Israelites who received this commandment, it was actually a practice that was not only expected, it was much easier to live into because it was modeled all around for them. So, for instance... In the creation stories of Genesis 1 and 2, we are told two different times that God created everything in six days and then rested on the Sabbath day, on the Sabbath, and God made it holy. In other words, expected us to, to do it, to do the same thing, right? If you keep reading in, in Exodus, the story of uh, the Israelites escaping slavery in Egypt and uh, when they begin making their way towards the promised land, uh, they were told to collect as much bread as they could each day for five days. Then on the sixth day, they were told to gather enough bread, or manna is what the scripture calls it, for two days. Because on the seventh day, the Sabbath day, they were not to work, right? So on the sixth day, they collected enough manna or bread uh, to last them that day and the next day. And if you read through the Bible, to through, uh, through the rest of the Bible, you hear Sabbath over and over and over and over and over again, right? So the prophets, they warned people against not practicing Sabbath, The wisdom books, books like Proverbs and Psalms, they warn against the dangers of not practicing Sabbath. The Gospels even talk about Sabbath over and over again. And many times Jesus and his disciples were erroneously accused of not practicing Sabbath because they were doing something that appeared like work, right? I mean, they they went so far as to accuse Jesus, uh, the, the creator of Sabbath, of not practicing Sabbath, right? I mean, that's how serious they took Sabbath, See, Sabbath is a huge deal throughout Scripture, which means that for the audience of the book of Proverbs, there would have been a connection, uh, a connection made between being told to stop when you find yourself becoming weary in your pursuit of money and the idea of practicing Sabbath so that you don't find yourself becoming weary or burnt out. See, the difference is that uh, one of them is you allow yourself to get to this like really dark, difficult place before you do something about it. And the the, the second one is, uh, you know, practice consistently Sabbath so that you never even get to that difficult, dark place in the first place. Right. So now look, let me say this. To be fair, this interpretation is a contextual interpretation of the text. And what I mean by this is that um, I, we're just putting context clues together. Right. So. Uh, for instance, the Hebrew word used for stop is not the Hebrew word used for Sabbath, right? So the, uh, I'm acknowledging that the scripture itself doesn't say practice Sabbath in order to uh, avoid becoming weary, right? Um, in fact, the, the word that's used for, for Sabbath is the word Shabbat, and the word that's used in this proverb is the word Shadal, which literally means to stop or to seize. Um, but, you know, there's the root is kind of similar, Um so So let me say this. It's possible, uh, based on these context clues, it's possible that this proverb is actually just being very direct and telling us to be smart and to stop trying to get rich. I'm not going to deny that it's definitely possible. But think about this: Money isn't evil, right? We've been talking about this for three weeks now. Money isn't evil. Pursuing money isn't evil. And even to quote our text uh, from Proverbs today, trying to get rich, it isn't evil. As long as our pursuit of money doesn't lead us to falling in love with the things that money can provide. uh, As long as that pursuit doesn't make us ungrateful towards the things we already have or cause us to get into debt or even make us tight-fisted and unwilling to help others. See, money isn't evil. And even John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, he he preached this uh, sermon, this beautiful, genius sermon in which he encouraged us to gain as much money as we possibly could because he knew that in doing so, we could meet our own needs and even help meet the needs of others around us, right? There is nothing evil with trying to get rich. but But we do have to be careful, though, because that pursuit of money can quickly change and tempt our hearts along the way. And I have to tell you, the best way to push back against this possibility, against this temptation, that money, the pursuit of money can have in our lives, the best way to push back against it, Scripture tells us over and over and over again, is to practice Sabbath. To find a day every week when we stop pursuing money and see that God is already providing everything we need. To find a day every week when we stop pursuing money and see that life goes on even when we don't spend it burning ourselves out at work. The best way to fight back against the effects of burnout and weariness is to live a countercultural life in which every week we find some time to just enjoy the beauty of this world. A day in which, yes, we maybe read some scripture or we pray and we give thanks to God, but also a day in which we allow ourselves to go on a date uh, without worrying about work uh, or checking our phones all the time, right? A day when we allow ourselves to just go to the park and have a picnic or play on the jungle gym without being focused on uh, the work that we have to do. A day when we allow ourselves to put our phones, our computers, our emails, and even our text messages aside and to just enjoy God's creation. And I have to tell you, doing this as often as possible, preferably every week, just like scripture challenges us, can completely begin to heal the weariness, the exhaustion, even the burnout that many people, right? 25% of the workforce are experiencing every single day. Look, I want you to listen to this proverb one more time. Don't wear yourself out, trying to get rich be smart enough to stop maybe a better way a better way to understand it is don't wear yourself out working all the time instead be smart enough to stop and practice sabbath look i have to tell you sabbath is one of those things that i have historically been bad at and and i genuinely can't think of a story where i'm like uh exemplifying practicing sabbath consistently Uh, And I can even go back and look at my work reviews as far back as high school where I had people telling me that uh, I, I needed to learn to say no and that I needed to learn to stop and to take a day off and to practice Sabbath, right? Practice a day of rest. And I will admit that this is still something that I need to continue working on because even though I have gotten better, like I said, I'm not the greatest at stopping and practicing Sabbath. But I will tell you this. I have seen too many people all around me who have either had to quit or take a break from their work because they are so burnt out. I have seen people all around me make major mistakes, uh, uh, whether it be in their relationships or whether it be at work or, or just these moral failures because they're, they're just burnt out and overwhelmed. And look, I don't want to be the next person in that situation. And I don't want you to be the next person in that situation either. So here's my challenge. Are you worn out? Tired on the cusp of burnout, then set aside one day. One day in which you can enjoy the beauty of the world. One day in which you don't focus on chores or errands or projects around the house, and, and especially you don't focus on work, right? Find one day this week in which you can just enjoy the presence of your loved ones. A day in which you sleep in until you feel rested. A day in which you go for a walk or a hike uh, without having to start your timer on your watch or, or read a book or watch a movie or share a cup of coffee or, or maybe just allow yourself to catch your breath before you go back to work. Look, I promise you that that practicing Sabbath has the power to completely overturn our weariness and our burnout in a way that nothing ever will. And I think maybe that's why the Bible talks about it over and over and over and over again. Look, my prayer is that you may experience the joy and the peace and the renewal that comes with practicing Sabbath. May it be so. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Mid City Church sermon cast. If you'd like to dive deeper, visit midcity.church/sermoncast to find a home sheet that goes along with this message. On the home sheet, you'll find scriptures, questions to wrestle with, and a challenge that goes along with this sermon cast. I want to invite you to support our ministry here at Mid-City Church by giving today. To give, text the word GIVE, G-I-V-E, to the phone number 225-307-0662. Thanks, and see you next week.